Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Let's go back to Philippians chapter 3. And don't you worry, there are not as many people here in the house tonight as there were last week, but you are in the house. And I'm delighted to see all of y'all and have you here tonight. So it's good news that y'all are here tonight. So life happens. Praise God. We have people joining us on the live stream. You guys are most welcome as well. So let's go to Philippians chapter 3. Do you mind, Valeria? I told you verse 12, but I want to do more of a context. Let's, do, let's start with verse 10, if you don't mind. Upon further review, I thought, ah, let me give him, some, give him some more context on that. So this is the Apostle Paul writing along with some other guys. But we know that he is the, the predominant writer of this book. The beginning of the book says that he's with, um, well, that he's with Timothy. But um, we know that he's, he's writing this here. And he's talking about, look at verse 10. He says, I want to know Christ. Can you imagine the Apostle Paul who had seen Jesus? He had had experience. The scripture says he was caught up to heaven. He saw things that can't even be discussed. Can you imagine you go to heaven and see God while you're still alive on the earth and God's like, you can only tell him some of these things. You can't even talk about the rest of it. <laughs> That's amazing. So the guy had seen God and he's saying, look at this. This is a great example for us. He says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Wow. I want to suffer with him. Is that, that is a real man right there, right? As a real example of a Christian for men and women, he says, I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. And what else? So that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. <laughs> wow. Let me, let me discuss some of that. Let's go back. Let's go back to verse 10. I want to hit some of this. I did not hit this last week, and I feel led to do it. Sharing in his death, what does that mean? Well, did you know that your sins were, they were crucified with Christ, right? You start reading scripture and really getting to understand it, and you see that your carnal desires are crucified with Christ too. You can die to things. I want to discuss that again tonight. You can die to things. What does that mean? Does it mean I physically die? No, it means that there's times where you feel offended and you don't want to forgive someone, and you just have to go, you know what? I'm going to die to that. What does it mean? It means you stop allowing it to matter. The Living Bible years ago, it's an older translation. It's, it was before, um, it was a precursor to the New Living Translation. New Living Translation, I think, is a much better translation. But the Living Bible, they had that in the 70s and 80s, and some of you remember it. But it said, we should have as much desire for this world as a dead man in one verse. That's a different context there, but it's speaking about similar things. Do you think my mom cares about what's going on the planet right now with the election or politics or sending out stimulus checks or COVID? Think my mom's worried about COVID in heaven? According to scripture, we can deduce that they're probably cheering us on, but they ain't, they ain't, can you imagine my mom's like, oh, I'm so worried. Matt's hair never grew back. <laughs> Matt's just bald. I'm so worried about that. Or can you imagine she's like, oh, man, the weather down there, it's stressful. Things have changed, man, that all kinds of crazy stuff are going on on the planet. I'm so, no. 
She's dead to planet Earth. She is alive in Christ, but now that's a different level of alive in Christ. She is with Jesus in heaven. We can be alive to Christ on earth. When you're alive to Christ on earth, you're doing God's will and you're dead to your will. That's a challenge. People like to pray stuff and ask God for things. And many times, many times people go, why didn't, I, why didn't God answer that prayer? Because it would have destroyed you. I remember, uh, we're going to take this back to when I was in ninth grade. So what year was it? 1990 and 1991. I just told you my age, I guess. But 1990, 1991 was my ninth grade year. And Garth Brooks sang a song called, Some of God's Greatest Gifts Are Unanswered Prayers interesting song people can argue that theologically but aren't you glad god didn't answer some of your prayers you prayed some crazy stuff huh i have people pray some crazy stuff oh god i i just just give us that house well what if that house was a did anybody ever see the movie with uh, tom hanks was it called the money pit they threw money into that house and threw money i haven't seen the movie in years and the contractors kept telling him, we'll be done in two weeks. I don't know if that's a contractor thing. No offense to anybody. Two weeks, right? Two weeks. And it's another. And then after that, how, how much longer? Two weeks. And they kept throwing money at that thing. Throwing money, throwing money, throwing money. Not a good thing. So you've got to pray according to God's will. You get to a place where you say, not my will, but your will be done. Now, God does want you to have good things. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to have a good vehicle. You, get, you bring glory to His name when you're blessed. Scripture says in the Old Testament, this is the Old Testament. He told His people Israel, He said, I've given you the power to acquire wealth. Does it mean everybody's going to be stinking rich? No, but it means everybody that really believes and learns to be a giver, they will be blessed. You'll always have access to money. You'll always be blessed if you'll honor God through tithe, offering, and things like first fruits. You can be blessed always, always, but I wouldn't call it a catch. There is a condition. Salvation is free for you from the start. Jesus paid the price. It wasn't free for God. Salvation is free for you, but God's blessings are conditional. God's blessings are conditional. I was talking to my Bible study last night and, and staff. We had a staff meeting yesterday as well. But I was talking to him about how Abraham, he was willing to sacrifice his son at God's request. And because he was willing to do that, God said, oh, I know I can trust you. I know you're going to do what I ask. You did not withhold your one and only son that you waited 100 years to have. 100 years to have that son. You're, the son that you love you were ready to sacrifice him to me, and you passed that test. So blessings, they come with sacrifice. And blessings come with responsibility, don't they? I remember, you'll like this, Vince. I remember August 19, 2011, we moved into our new home. We live in Midtown, not far from the, the original Walgreens. And man, we got that house. It's such a blessing. But I remember thinking, and not because I wasn't grateful, but I remember just processing, thinking, man, Dad was right. With blessings come responsibility. I didn't have a lawn to mow at the apartment when I was out there in the heat. Get up earlier. Well, okay, but it's still a lawn to mow. At this point, I'm, I'm well into my 40s now. I get up a lot earlier now, but just naturally. 
But it's still a lawn to mow. It's beautiful. And we, man, we, and I didn't even tell you what, I didn't even want to water it the first couple years we were there. That's embarrassing to me now. I didn't even want to water it. I told my wife, baby, I'll keep it clean. And the neighbors even said it. One time a guy, I think it was his kids, so you knew they had, the parents had been talking. The kids said, man, I said, yeah, you know, excuse the yellow yard. And they're all, yeah, but you keep it clean. I'm all, y'all's dad told y'all that. At least he has a clean yard, but it was yellow, crunchy. Finally, summer of 2014. Well, I guess that was almost three years. I'd given Jen heck. She'd water. I didn't want to water. I, I don't know if I didn't want to waste the water. I'm a desert dweller. I don't know. But Jen goes, baby, God called me to the desert to marry you, be part of this ministry, and help you pastor. Least you can do is keep the yard green for me because I, I left the ocean to come over here. And it clicked. I'll never forget that conversation. I went, okay. And to me, that was a sacrifice because I don't want to be out there watering. We don't have a, a sprinkler system. But that's nothing. If that makes her happy, praise God. That, that's not hard. So we just keep. And now she goes, I'll water. Just don't, don't mess with me because, you know, I'm the type of person. I go out and I go, baby, it's getting on the concrete. You'd think I'm a line judge in the NFL. I'm all. It's out of bounds, and that's, that's a waste of water. I'm just, I like to tell on myself. I like to tell people just so they know how, and I'm real this way. But I've gotten easier. I don't know if it's age, time in God's presence, and anymore I'm all, I hate, it. I hate to see it on the sidewalk, but I'm like, oh, God bless you, and she's just helping keep the grass green. I'll mow it and edge it. And then I mow it and edge it, and she's like, golly, this is nice, and I feel like the man. But it's, I'm going to be real. It's not something that I liked to do several years ago. And now, strangely enough, I get out there, man. I hear from God. God will speak to me and give me messages because it's mindless, right? You know, like brushing your teeth? I'm just like mowing the lawn. And I've started to like it. But at first I didn't. It was a sacrifice to me. Now I'm nervous. What's the next sacrifice, right? But praise God for his blessings. Praise God for his hand on our lives. Because when you serve God, the blessings of God are conditional. He says, if you'll, if you'll live right and obey me, I'll bless you. If you'll give, I'll return it 30-fold, 30, 60-fold, 100-fold. The blessings of God are conditional. And so you got to share in his death. There's things you have to die to as a believer to receive God's blessings, receive God's best. My mom was so good at that. She would tell me all the time, you just need to die to that. Stop being emotional about it. Can you imagine a woman telling a man that? But it was a valid lesson. I'm naturally pa passionate. So she said, don't, ah, that's a bunch of emotion. What? But I'm mad. Yeah? Get over it. Die to that. Die. She, mom would say that. Die. I'm all, die? What? She, and then she'd, she'd start throwing scripture at me, and then I'm defenseless. He says, I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, right, to receive all of his benefits. Let's move on. So that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Scripturally and spiritually, we die now so that we don't experience the second death later. We serve God and die to things now so that we're not putting things before God. All right? Let's move on to the next verse. 
Verse 12. And look at what the Apostle Paul said, this great man of God. He says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. Once again, perfection also is tied to the word maturity. It's translated as perfection in many verses in the New Testament. This is an interesting text here. He says, but I press on to possess. I press on to own that perfection or that maturity. I press on to own or take possession of that maturity for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. So Christ Jesus took possession of us. He took ownership of us so we could take ownership of life in Christ and take ownership of maturity and forgiveness and our lives. Let me tell you something right now. You always know when somebody ain't right when they're blaming everybody else. I've been there. I've had seasons where I, well, but it's, it's this, it's that. I told somebody today, I said, you know what? This guy told me, he kind of confided something in, in, with me and in me. And I asked him about this person. I said, let me guess, who are they blaming? And he began to tell me, oh, yeah, they're blaming this person. They're blaming basically everybody. But people who blame everybody, they don't take responsibility for themselves. huh? And I love this verse. Let's go back again. He says, I press on to own or to take possession of that maturity, right? For which what? For which Christ Jesus first took possession or ownership of me. The Lord took ownership of us so that we could be Christ-like. We could be like him. All right? Let's go to the next verse. No, dear brothers and sisters, he says, I have not achieved it. <laughs> the Apostle Paul says, I haven't reached it yet. He'd been taken up to heaven. He's writing books of the Bible, by the way, inspired by the Holy Spirit. God's Word. He says, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. This is good. Never forget this. He says, I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past. Someone say, forgetting the past. If you dwell on the past, man, you'll die back there. Scripture says if we're part of God's kingdom and we continue to look back and look back and look back, we are not worthy of the kingdom He's given us. Scripture says if you've taken hold of the plow, does anyone know what a plow is? You dig furrows and rows and farmland. If you look back while you're plowing, the rows will be crooked, won't they? Seen people, man, years after the fact, and they're still talking about the same stuff. Over the years, I've seen that. They're going, yeah, but do you remember when they, man, I remember one guy, I remember his name too. He's died and he died years ago, hopefully went on to be with Jesus. But man, every time he'd get around my dad, I was a little boy and I remember he would talk about his ex. Every time I was five. And he's, he would, he would go and say, man, she dragged me through the mud, pastor. He was a good guy too. Good guy. He'd come to our house, and he'd go, man, nobody loves me. And my little brother at the time was like two. Yeah, so I must have been six. He was like two, and he's all, brother, I love you. <laughs> I'll never forget that. The dude is being a sad sack, feeling so bad. Nobody loves me. He'd made all these bad decisions. But all he could think about was his ex-wife and how bad she was. He was not focusing on himself. The guy didn't take care of his body. He was having multiple heart attacks. I remember one time one of his famous quotes was, oh, don't throw away the fat. That's the best part of the meat. I don't know how I remember these things, but it's just ingrained. 
but he couldn't forget the past. I love this verse. It says, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. He says, I press on to reach the end of the race. Y'all would have no respect for Olympic runners from the United States of America if they're running a race and they just stop. And they're like, I'm good. I started good. I'll see y'all later. Y'all win a medal if y'all want. But I started fast and I was ahead of y'all, but I'm done. We'd have no respect for them. They got to finish the race. He says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Let's stay there for a minute. It does not matter how you started the race. Some people are privileged. Some people were born into great families, but they, they fell off and they didn't finish the race. You got believers right now on social media. It's going around. Oh, God doesn't care about America. They've lost their faith. Can you imagine? They've, they say, oh, well, no, man, this, oh, God, I, I, God is just, and you know what I say? What Jesus said, oh, ye of little faith. Jesus said three types. No faith, right? Little faith and great faith. My question for you tonight is, which are you? Because your goal is to press on to reach the end of the race with me and with God. We've been called. I press on, he said, to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. My dad said something the other day, and it made me laugh. He said, man, if people would just really get a revelation of, they just need to get to heaven, man. Believe and get to heaven. All the crowns and all that, praise God. That'll be amazing. You get rewards in heaven. My mom used to say, you don't want to get to heaven and have no rewards. <laughs> My mom used to say that. I don't know what that meant exactly, but I think I know. I think she meant I wasn't living right, like you're barely going to make it. <laughs> She'd write notes sometimes because I, I, I think I was the most rebellious growing up probably of us three. Uh, maybe at some points. Yeah. But I wouldn't want to get it. I was old. I was older and I was in high school. And I say the kids, my brother and sister, John was four and a half years younger than me. Elaine, like six and a half. And they'd get up and pray with mom. But man, I struggled to get up. I don't know why teenagers can't get up hardly. I mean, pleading with me, get up and threatening to ground me and all kinds of stuff on a school day. Get up and pray. Mom would leave notes. I'd get home from school and she'd have a note. If you don't start praying and reading your Bible, can you imagine? Stuff like that. But it made an impression on me. It made me mad back then. But I thank God for godly parents who were in my business because now I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. And me pressing on and you pressing on, guess what that is? That's a choice. Somebody say, that's my choice. That's up to you. I will never let anyone feel forced by me. Ever. My deal is here's the truth. Forget facts. Let's go to truth. And let's line up truth and say, is that God's word? That's truth? Okay. This is God's word. It's truth. That lines up with this. That must be truth. So here's the truth. You decide. But it's interesting to me when people tell me, no, I want you to help me. I want you to be my mentor. 
I want you. Over the years, man, people have told me that. Man, I want you to be my mentor. I want you to help me. And I don't. I don't quite get that because at some point they they stopped. And not everybody was asked me that, but there were those said, I want you to help me. But then they, they won't listen to me. You know what I've learned in pressing on to reach the end of the race? I've learned this for myself and for others. If people are asking for my advice and stop, they stop listening, I stop talking. And I'm a bit, I, I talk. I'm a communicator. But if I stop talking, oh, man, wow, you messed up. I'm like, oh, I don't know. What do you think? You pray about it. I don't know. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. I have to be mentored. That means everybody needs to be discipled. What is being mentored? Be discipled. That's what spiritual warfare class is for. That's what the forgiveness class that Adrian uh, is going to be teaching uh, here in the next few weeks. That, that's what that is for. To be discipled. What is discipled? You become more and more like Christ Jesus. You begin to, my dad says this in the classes all the time, you begin to retain information. But beyond just retaining information, you live it. Because I can spit verses at you all day like a machine gun, man. I can spit verses. I grew up around people that knew the Bible and didn't live it. What does that mean? What does that mean? Oh, they knew the Bible, but a terrible example. I remember people in church, there were people that were mean, but they knew the Bible. Hmm. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. That means I'm going to obey God and love God and love others. I'm going I'm to honor God and I'm going to honor others. I'm going I'm to pray for the President of the United States regardless of who they are or how they got there or what people are saying. Or what. I'm going to pray for those in authority. I'm going to honor authority. Had people say, I had a bad experience with a cop. Man, they're all the same way. I had a bad experience with a cashier. Can you imagine I walked up in a store with an attitude every time there's a cashier? Scan it. Scan my stuff. They're like, what on earth? Have you had your meds? I had a bad experience. And people do that. I had a bad experience. All men are dogs. All men are dogs. What? You dated all men? That's impossible. Only Eve could have said that at one point. I dated Adam. He's irritating. He was the only man at some point on the planet. And guys have done this. Oh, all women are this. Or all. You, how do you know that? You met them all? That's impossible. That is physically impossible. Part of pressing on to reach the end of the race and receiving the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us is walking in love and honor with people and not classifying everybody because you had a bad experience. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you this right now. I tend to be an optimist, but there's been times I was hurt and it made me real negative. Real negative. At some point in the race I'm running, I remember, and God, is, God has such a sense of humor. I remember I was a teen, and I'd made some poor choices as the oldest pastor's child. I did. I didn't do anything that was so crazy just off the reservation and stuff, but I, I upset some people at church. I'm sure, I'm sure I frustrated some people. I was a, a free spirit. But I remember I'd been so hurt with youth group and so hurt with church folks that I remember thinking, man, I hate youth group. This is the pastor's son. 
remember thinking, I hate youth group. And people would ask me, you want to do stuff with the youth? I'm like, no, I don't even like the youth. The youth. I'm done. I was done. And then God starts working on me. And in January of 2000, I was in my early 20s. I preached a message right here. It was a different colored carpet, same room. And it was my first sermon to adults. And I preached a message, man. And I sat down and I had a knowing. They'd been looking for a new youth pastor at that time. Look at God's sense of humor. At the time, they were saying, here's what they were saying. And I was just like, yeah, man, I'll be praying for you. all They're all, we need a new youth pastor, but he, he needs to be bilingual. I'm all, man, yeah, God's going to help you all with that. We need someone. And they were saying all these qualifications, and I was oblivious. I was like, man, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Let me agree with you all. Well, I preached. Tony was here. He hadn't been here long. Yeah, Tony, that was, you'd been here a few months. January of 2000, I preached my first sermon to adults. I was wearing all black and a colorful tie. I still remember. And after I preached, I sat next to Mom, and I said, it took a lot. This was God speaking to me. I said, Mom, I think I'm the new youth pastor. I didn't like youth. She went, what? I said, I don't know. She said, are you? And, you know, once you told her, I, I messed up, right? Like, really? And God was dealing with me. That was part of my race. What's part of your race? What have you been ignoring God on? I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize. Can you imagine, though? All jokes aside, you get to heaven one day. And the Lord goes, well, what is he? he doesn't say praise God. What does he say? Praise me. Praise me. You got here, but you get no rewards. You barely made it. Like it was, it was barely. Enter the joy of your Lord, but you don't get any rewards. I don't want that either. I want to honor God by getting awards and rewards in his kingdom. What does scripture say? That we will throw them at his feet. We'll get our rewards and go, you're the worthy one. You were worthy. I shouldn't even be here. So keep pressing on. What, what, is, what is going on in your race? That's between you and God. I'll help as much as I can. But once again, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling me, is calling you, is calling us. Let's go to the next verse. What's the next verse? Let all who are spiritually mature, there's that word mature. That word is also translated as perfect in Scripture, so don't be intimidated, okay? We know, I mean, we know we're doing our best with God's help, but the word translated as mature or perfect in Scripture is the same word or similar word. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. He says, if you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. <laughs> God had already spoken to him. He had met with God. He said, this is from God, basically. And if you're spiritually mature, you'll catch it. But if you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you eventually. <laughs> Let's go look at the next verse. But, somebody say but. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. Why are we going to let our faith be shipwrecked? Because it didn't work out like we thought it should. I remember years ago, I was a kid, and I'll never forget that someone said, I don't serve God anymore. And I was overhearing a conversation. They said, because I stayed up all night crying and weeping, and God didn't answer my prayer. Well, you think you're God then. You decide for him. 
I remember some years ago my mom passed away. And I was heartbroken, but I didn't blame God, not once. I asked God, why am I so deeply wounded? Why am I feeling this way? Why is my body going through all these responses in this grief? Because I'd never been in a situation just like that. But I never once blamed God as he is my witness. And there was somebody, they were coming around me, and they were mad at God because my mom died. And it shocked me because I thought, bro, you better take that up with the Lord because now she's healed. It wasn't just like I wanted it to be, but I guarantee you she's perfectly healed now in heaven. It wasn't like I envisioned or wished or hoped or prayed or believed or wanted. It messed with us. We're healing people. We believe the word. My dad is a faith man. Y'all know that. It hit us hard. But this says we must hold on to the progress we've already made. Nothing and no one is worth me ditching my progress, getting progress and going, well, that didn't mean anything. We'll just, okay, I know this. No. And I'm on a good one tonight, so I'm going to stop right here. Verse 16. I made it a few verses tonight. I want you all to pray with me, if you would. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, I thank you for the preaching of your word and the teaching of your word. Father, I thank you that you flow through us, not just me. You flow through us as believers. We're all vessels of your Holy Spirit. But tonight, I thank you that your word has fallen on good ground. It's touched hearts. It's touched people online. It's going to touch people on the audio later, the podcast. And it's touching people in this house, Father God. And I thank you that you're getting through to us by your word. As we seek you in your word and in prayer, the basics, God, you're changing us. It is not always easy, but it's simple. Here's the simplicity of it. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Put God first. It's that simple. Don't have any other idols in your life. Put God first. Is there anyone in this house at the sound of my voice who says, man, I just want to make it right with God. I need to recommit my life or I need to accept Jesus for the first time. Would you raise your hand, please? With every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to pray with you. We'll pray as a family. Is there anyone in this house who says, I need to make it right with God? God bless you for your courage, mija. We're going to all pray right now. I want everybody in this house to repeat this prayer with me and say it where I can hear you. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm so sorry for my sin. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. I recommit my life to you. Jesus is my Lord and Savior, but I'm going to live like it. Say, I am saved from hell and from my own will. Uh-huh, say this. Say, I'm saved from my sin in Jesus' name. Say, I believe Jesus died and rose again so that I could be with him eternally saved and victorious, triumphant. Say this, say the body of Christ. Say that's me. Say this, say that's us. Always wins because Jesus won. I believe in Jesus' name. Amen.